Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, we have another guest episode, someone that I met at FinCon, and we have Aquania Escarne. Now, Aquania is a financial coach, freelance blogger, and real estate investor committed to helping people find financial freedom and building generational wealth. Um, she's also a licensed life insurance agent. So, I really want to talk about because honestly, I am not good with insurance. I don't like it and I don't, <laughs> it's just very difficult for me to wrap my head around. So I would love to talk to Aquania about life insurance today because I feel like it's a really important piece to your financial picture. So, hey, how are you? Hi, Tiff. Nice to be with you again. I'm fine. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you said something to me that was hilarious, but it's so true. Like, GoFundMe is not an insurance policy. <laughs> That's right. So I have a platform called thepurposeofmoney.com where I blog and I share financial tips for women to help them build generational wealth. And one of my personal missions is to eliminate the use of GoFundMe as a way to pay for funerals. It's unfortunate, but a lot of families are not prepared to lose the income of a loved one. And when they die, they find themselves raising money through crowdfunding sites like GoFundMe in order to pay for the funeral and not really thinking ahead that it's not just about paying for the funeral. If someone's passed and they have family, children, dependents, or anyone who depends on their income, the family has also lost this source of income. And so life insurance is a great way to protect your family and their ability to provide their lifestyle even when you're not here. Right, right. And I mean, even I have life, I have a couple of life insurance policies and I kind of go towards term. Um, mm -hmm. If you can, you know, just explain to my audience, you know, the difference between whole life insurance and term life insurance. Absolutely. So the basic way to think about it is the analogy of renting versus owning. So being a real estate investor, this is an acronym or a scenario that comes easy to me. But essentially, when you have term insurance, it's like you're renting. You're getting coverage, life insurance coverage, to protect you for a certain amount of time. It can be as short as one year, five years, 10, 15 years. Um, basically, it ensures that if you die during the period of time that you've asked for coverage, then in exchange for your death certificate, your family receives the life insurance benefit, which could be the amount of coverage that you asked for. It's normally very much cheaper than whole life insurance and very affordable. So a lot of people will choose term because it's what they can afford in their budget right now. And you never end up paying the amount of money that the insurance company pays to your family in the event that you do die. But the reality is about 1% of term policies are actually claimed. So they are technically money makers for insurance companies because if you don't die in the 10 or the 20 years or even 30 years that you've selected, the policy expires 
and you're no longer covered and you either have to get more life insurance if you need it or live the rest of your life without it if you choose to. Whole life insurance, on the other hand, is more like becoming a homeowner. It covers you for the rest of your life, but you also may potentially pay for it for the rest of your life. There are a few exceptions. Sometimes you can structure a whole life policy so that you pay the premium for a certain amount of time. Maybe it's 10 or 20 years, but then after those 20 years are up, you no longer have to pay the premium, but you still have the insurance coverage. So you can live as long as you like, but normally they estimate 100 years old. At 100 years old, if you haven't died, the insurance companies will normally pay out the policy anyway because they consider that the oldest that you're going to get. So for some people, whole life insurance makes sense, but it really depends on your circumstances. And whole life insurance, as I said, it costs more than term insurance policies. So it has to be something that fits in your budget. Exactly. And I know we talked a little bit, um, you know, when we were in person about, you know, it's a very small percentage of people that truly benefit from whole life insurance. Um, So if you can, I mean, and I know you can't get into any specifics because it's different for every situation, but just like a brief of what a typical whole life insurance um, candidate might look like. So it depends. One of my responsibilities as a life insurance agent is to review an individual's financial situation and their needs. So I'll just use my life for an example because uh, that's the best source that I can actually use and I'm not violating anyone's privacy, Mm -hmm. but my own. So (laughs) um, I have a special needs son, for example, and I know that you know, Dave Ramsey and a lot of famous um, financial wealth builders and, and coaches out there will tell you, get term policies because by the time you reach retirement age, you should own your house in full and you shouldn't really need the life insurance coverage that you're paying for because maybe your kids are out of school. They no longer need a college education paid for. Again, you have your house paid in full and you hopefully have no credit card debt. So what are you getting insurance for? If you have built enough wealth, they assume that you're going to have the income in your savings and investments that'll potentially be accessible to cover your funeral costs and any final expenses. However, I know that even at retirement age, my special needs son will still be a special needs adult and he will need financial support that I don't expect the government or anyone else to provide for him. And so if something happens to me now or something happens to me then, I want to make sure he's provided for. So I and my husband have structured our estate so that my special needs son has a special needs trust, which Mm -hmm. some of the insurance proceeds will go to to protect him and make sure he's provided for. And then we also have something set up for my other son, who is a typical child um, with no medical issues um, that will receive funding as well, but it's structured out for him so that he doesn't inherit a lot of money at a young age, but a little bit of money over a certain amount of time. So that's a good example where 
yes, I'm probably going to have my house paid off by the time I reach retirement. I'm going to have investments in wealth, God willing, by the time I reach um, retirement age, but I may still need insurance coverage to protect one of my youngest dependents. And so I am a perfect candidate for a whole life. And when I got my insurance, I was so young that I was in my healthiest state that I could be. So it was also more affordable for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's important. And I was actually going to ask you before you said it, if you had a special needs trust, because that's very important. Um, if you have a child with special needs, you definitely want to look into that. Talk to your financial advisor, financial planner about that. Um, because in the event that you pass away, typically you are the sole person taking care of that kid or you mm-hmm. and your husband or you and your partner, whoever. Um, so if you were to pass away, you want to make sure that that child is taken care of in the best way possible. So that's where the trust comes into play and just making sure the money goes to what it's supposed to be for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the important piece there. So, um, that's a really good example though, because, um, I know people, for instance, that have special needs children and, I know that they haven't thought that far in advance. You know, people think that they're going to live forever. Um, You know, (laughs) we all wish we could. Exactly. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to die. We just don't know when we don't know where and we don't know how, but it's going to happen eventually. Now, my thought process um, with the whole term life, because I have two term life policies, and it's the same thing that you mentioned, I guess, that Dave Ramsey and stuff talks about, because I'm like, you know, my children, they should be out the house and on their own. They should not be needing my money (laughs) in in like 30 years. So, (laughs) And if they do, then they must have not listened to any of my podcasts or or read any of my blog articles, and I'm very disappointed in them. Um, (laughs) But seriously, though, um, you know, I have that mindset. And then, of course, I'm on my journey to be debt-free by 30, so I feel like all of my, you know, other debt will be gone by 30. And then I'm trying to get the house done by 40, so, Mm -hmm. you know, and... 30 years, I should be like, there should be no body depending on me. And, you know, if there is, no, we're not even going to speak that into existence. Right. No, don't do that. (laughs) But let me just say this, you know, there are different opinions. Um, There are other reasons to have whole life insurance. Some of them vary and on structure. And again, it depends on your specific situation. But I have utilized whole life insurance for some of my clients to also build wealth. Um, For some companies, they do structure them so that you can invest additional money and it's put towards savings it's considered a a secondary way to save or a way to create a family bank. And these policies, most whole life policies have what we call cash value. So every time you pay your premium, a portion of that goes towards the cost of insurance. And then the rest goes towards the cash value building side. They're all structured very differently. Uh, The company that I work with the most, they actually have it set up where your money goes into a bucket and it's not directly invested in the stock market, but they do pay you interest on that money, just like 
um, a bank would pay you interest on money you're saving, but it's much higher than a savings account. For example, the rate can vary from seven to 11% a year. So you're building more interest, more income off of money that you're investing into your cash value part of your policy. And then what you could eventually do is use that cash value, again, as another bucket of money for investing, for saving, or for leaving your family. Or you can use it to do certain things in the here and now. So for example, if you wanted to buy an investment property and you wanted a down payment, instead of using your liquid savings, you could utilize some of the cash value in the insurance policy. Or if you wanted to purchase a car, but you don't want to get a car loan, you can borrow from the cash value at a lower interest rate than a car loan's interest rate and then pay yourself back however you want to, whether it's quickly or spread it out or never, um, because sometimes you don't have to even repay the money that you borrow from the policies. And so I don't know if you've ever read the book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? But that's one book out there that kind of explains how some of America's wealthier families have utilized whole life insurance policies to manage and build wealth for their own families. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit because um, another type of insurance that's commonly overlooked is long-term care. Mm -hmm. And that's falls into life insurance as well. um, Because at the end of the day, let's say I don't have anybody to take care of, but I'm going to have to end up, you know, either having 24 hour care at home or in a Mm -hmm. nursing home or, you know, a retirement community, whatever. And that stuff is expensive. Um, I, when I was working at the firm, um, I was dealing with people that were already in retirement communities and stuff. And it's thousands of dollars a month. Luckily, they already had long-term care because they had an advisor, you know, that told them about it. But if you can just touch a little bit on that, um, I think my audience would definitely benefit from that. Sure. So this is another product available that Of course, you want to have, but you don't want to have to use. That's basically the definition of insurance. So when it comes to long-term care, it can go one or two ways. You can live your healthiest life until you die, and maybe you just pass in your sleep, and no one will ever know why. Or you can find yourself, as you age, you require more help. And long-term care is one way to help lower what personal impact it has on your finances or your budget when you're in retirement or when you have a need for more assisted care because things happen and uh, disability insurance, for example, is another product you can invest in to protect your finances when life happens. But in sticking to long-term care, I would say people invest in it between their 40s and 50s when they're young and healthy, and they're essentially paying now for what their future self may need Um, as they age. And long-term care, like you said, it can be used to pay for a nurse or a aide to come to your home in retirement or for you to be able to afford to live in an assisted living or a nursing facility when you need additional support beyond what your family can provide. It's a great way to minimize what your family has to do for you 
but it can be very expensive. And what normally dictates the price is your existing health condition. So if you know you have a family history of certain things, it may make more sense for you to invest in long-term care earlier, just because once those health conditions are present, they have to either be something you're willing to pay more to cover or the insurance companies can decide they won't cover certain issues, pre-existing issues, depending on what those issues are. So with any type of insurance, I always encourage people apply when you're your healthiest and your youngest, which is today, Uh, especially if anyone depends on your income. Long-term care is invested in to protect what you've saved for retirement because the truth is a medical expense can be the one thing that can wipe out your savings when you're not expecting it or you're not prepared for it. So long-term care is very helpful in that way. Absolutely. And then one more thing I want to hit on, um, because I know there's a product out there where you can have uh, life insurance and then get a long-term care rider. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people don't know about that. So if you just want to explain that just a little bit. Yeah. So essentially, uh, life insurance riders are additional benefits that you can request at the time that you you get the policy. And sometimes you pay a little more for them. Uh, a life, a long-term care rider is just one of those benefits. If you're asking for that to be included, sometimes it may involve when and if you need long-term care, you would prove that to the insurance company and then they would pay a portion of the benefits that you have to you on a monthly basis in order to cover your long-term care expenses. It's not the same as getting a long-term care policy, but it can essentially solve the same problem. You now have health issues that require more assistance and you don't want to use all your retirement savings and your investments to pay for it. So this long-term care rider will essentially help cover the costs. But a lot of times I recommend consult a professional and see what's best for you. If you potentially don't necessarily need to pay so much for your own independent long-term care policy, then consider the rider. But even the whole life policies that uh, I work with, one company that I really love, they don't just provide that. They can also provide you riders that will protect you in what we call living benefits. So some insurance companies will charge you extra to have a rider that'll protect you if you have a heart attack or if you become terminally ill or even if a chronic illness is diagnosed. But one of the companies I work with, they're really good at including that in their term and their whole life policies at no additional cost to customers. So when you're shopping around for insurance, look for things like that because we don't know what the future holds. But if you have a heart attack, but you don't die, you essentially are still here and you're going through rehabilitation and you're getting better. The last thing you want to worry about is paying your bills. So this company if you have the living benefit, they will actually give you a monthly stipend to help you pay your bills so you can focus on getting well. So look for companies that provide their customers living benefits or long-term writers or other things that'll help you when times are tough and life happens to focus on getting well and covering the expenses that you have because the insurance that you invested in while you were young and healthy is there to save you. Right. And I just want to mention one more thing. I know I said one more thing like three times already, (laughs) but um, (laughs) it's very important to have um, an insurance agent like Aquania who can 
shop between different providers. So exactly stuck with just one company for everything. Like, you know, they can get term life from somewhere, whole life Mm -hmm. from somewhere, you know, and make sure you get the best coverage and the best deal. So I love this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, where can people find you if they want to learn more or if they want to talk to you about their insurance needs? Of course. So you can contact me via my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. I'm also on Twitter at purpose underscore money and on Instagram at thepurposeofmoney. I'm providing tips on social media about building wealth, protecting your wealth, and also providing insurance for your family and those you love. So feel free to reach out. You can contact me on any of those platforms and I'll get back to you. All right, perfect. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much again for coming on the show. It was so helpful, um, even for me. Um, (laughs) And I look forward to having you again another time. Sure. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.